Artificial intelligence is definitely one of the hottest, if not the hottest, topic surrounding photography these days. The exponential advancements of AI technologies do not omit the area which is so close to our hearts, photographic art. To get a better understanding of what is actually happening and what possible implications can all of those developments have when it comes to image making, I sat down with two extremely interesting guests who have been following the most recent AI growth very closely. Boris Eldaksen, Berlin-based photo and video artist, who recently won and refused the Sony World Photography Award, and Shane Balkovich, American wet plate photographer, very concerned about the threat which uh, AI-generated images pose to the future of photography. I hope very much you will enjoy this fascinating conversation. This photography podcast is brought to you by Frames, quarterly printed photography magazine. Gentlemen, um, we are going to be talking tonight about, um, I don't even know where to start, you know, so about artificial intelligence, about photography, about imagery, about uh, all possible crossovers during, uh, you know, in between those, those mediums. Um, where should we start? Boris, uh, you, you, won a, um, you won a photography competition, is this correct? It's uh, not correct. <laughs> I was I was selected as a category winner of the open competition of the Sony World Photography Awards, and I refused the award. Why? What happened? Why? Just bring us up to speed. You know the viewers who maybe didn't follow the story. What happened? Um, I applied not to win anything. I applied to make a test. I wanted uh, to see if photo competitions um, are aware. Um, of the fact that AI-generated images uh, will be handed in. And uh, I looked at the guidelines of photo competitions, and when they have not been adjusted by the end of last year, I just applied, and I wanted to see what was going to happen. Uh, so, and, and you know, I, I looked at your work, at your biography, and, you know, what you have been doing in the past. You are actually working in both mediums you have been a you know um, active photographer but uh, you also work in 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 ai right or with ai imagery yourself um i studied visual arts so photography was always the basis uh, at some point uh, i continued with video works then it became more installative and uh, a year ago, I started with AI, and uh, immediately uh, I fell in love with this new way of generating images. It was like something that I have always been waiting for without knowing. And, and what triggered your, uh, you know, urge to to test those competition rules and and boundaries, and you know, and the way uh, those com competition bodies react to, without maybe even knowing, to those to those AI images. In Germany, I'm uh, active in the oldest uh, photo association of the country, Deutsche Fotografische Akademie, exists for 104 years. And it's a non-profit organization of uh, artists, photo artists, that meet twice a year to uh, talk about uh, photography as an artistic medium. And I've been one of the first to work with AI in Germany, so very early I was invited to give interviews, to give presentations, talks. I started as one of the first to give workshops in Germany, and so I became like uh, the expert to ask. And also when it was urgent for the photo associations to um, come up with a position paper for themselves and for our umbrella organization, uh, the German Photo Council, um, to um, yeah, to have a clear position on the topic, and that was a process that took a couple of months. I was helping um, many of them um, to develop this paper. I helped the German photojournalists a lot, and through those debates in the working groups. Um, 
I realized that most of the, the German photo bubble um, was in shock, was like frozen, couldn't make their minds up what to do, how to react. And the main problem was that they even they didn't even know what was possible uh, with AI image generators. So I helped a lot in Germany and because of this role I suddenly had, I wanted to make a test and just to see what was going to happen. I had no plan further because I did not expect to be selected as a winner. Mm -hmm. And Shane, you are on the other kind of uh, side of the spectrum. I mean, not completely, but you are also into photography, right? But uh, uh, you are working with wet, place, wet plates, you know, and you have your own studio. And uh, so there is even, I would say, some some more physical labor involved, you know, and uh, you are not touching AI uh, um, technology for your work, at least at all, you know. Uh, tell us just very briefly what you are doing, you know, what, what's uh, what's your photographic process? Yeah, so for the last uh, nearly 11 years, I've been practicing wet plate collodion photography from the 1851 process invented by Frederick Scott Archer. So um, if you look over my shoulder here, you'll see a plate that I made last week. So these are silver on glass images, and um, it doesn't get much more analog than, than wet plate photography. Um, so I, I've been, uh, I've immersed myself in this. That's the only, um, the only, uh, art that I practice. I don't even own a digital camera other than my iPhone. So, um, I'm, I'm probably on the, the far end of the spectrum away from, uh, artificial intelligence and, and digital photography in general. Yeah. And, and we are sitting here today because of this ongoing debate, you know, it's all over the media, you know, these days we know it, uh, about the artificial intelligence, you know, entering the space of photography. And uh, maybe we could start, you know, like quickly, you know, um, I, I have been thinking a lot, uh, of course, before, not only before recording this podcast, but in general, this, this last month about my own definition, right, of photography. Uh, do you, do, do both of you, do you, do you have your own, you know, dictionary kind of definitions of photo, what photography is? Sure. Uh, you can go first, Boris, if you'd like. Um. For me, it needs light, yeah? It's in the word, uh, photo, photos, and that light is reflected from objects um, most of the time through a lens on film or a chip or whatever. So we need that light that is reflected. And um, most of the time we need a lens, but you can also have photography without a lens, and that's my definition. Mm -hmm. The, the problem came to my attention when um, I started on Instagram. I started noticing all these AI photographs. And immediately I thought, well, hold on a moment. These aren't photographs. And then I thought, well, maybe this is just a couple of people make, making this claim. And I did a, a simple search and I found that there was 178,000 AI photographs on Instagram. Now, whether or not these people that are making these artificial intelligence images understand photography at all, I don't, I'm not sure. But immediately um, I thought, well, this is a problem. So um, I, I wrote an article for Petapixel um, talking about um, that, you know, I don't know. I, I can't, you know, I think these AI artists need to come up with their own terminology. And I've, I've, um, I've proposed some terminology, but it's as a person not practicing. But I knew one thing for sure, that these were not photographs, that they, these should not be called photographs. We shouldn't associate that with photographs. And they're just a new genre of, uh, mm -hmm. of image making. Um, I, I want to say that I came up, um, one of my suggestions was prompted artificial graphic design. Uh, I know that's a little wordy, but I just, some people call, call it like fake photography or uh, they use these, you know, they've used the word ph ph photography or part of the word photography in their description of these. And I just, I, I've just always shied away from that. I just don't think that there's any part of this is photography. So let's just leave photography where it, it where it began, you know, 180 years ago. And um, this is a new day and age. And this is, um, um, this is, this is new technology. And we just need to come up with new terminology. I think terminology is important. Yeah. So it seems like we are, we, three of us, we are all in this, basically in the same boat. I mean, when it comes to, to definitions, right? For me, it's also, it's obvious. It's about light, like Boris mentioned. It's about uh, me, photographer, you know, observing the reality, the, the real reality, <laughs> right? And capturing it on my, you know, light capturing device, you know, and then sharing it with, with my viewers. Uh, 
Shane, you too. So I guess it, the problem is not the, the technology itself, and obviously for Boris neither, but it's the the terminology, right? And uh, now, Shane, you have shared already, you know, prepared, written a couple of articles, you know, you, both of you have been all, all over the media in the last couple of months. Digging deeper, where do you see a bigger problem, you know, uh, potentially endangering this, this species, you know, of photographers or the genre of photography itself? What do you think could be potential? What uh, what kind of bad scenario could could you know start uh, um, unfolding itself in the future if we don't react? Um, I would like to go back to the terminology if possible, because if we move on now to a different topic, yeah, I might not be able to. Um, I totally agree uh, with Shane that the terminology is really important and that it is something that is bigger and not photocentric because all the like uh, AI photography or full with X to graphy, it's very photographic centric. And um, I can use the same process to generate images that look like drawings or painting or objects or music or whatever. So my favorite is promptography because the prompt mm -hmm. is just like giving an initiative to the AI, can be words, can be images, mm -hmm. whatever to generate. And um, the problem that I see here is even experienced curators of photography um, assume that AI-generated uh, images can be called photography because there are many that just see a line from analog to digital to AI. And I think we really need to differ. Are you thinking from the end? Yeah, something that looks like photography is photography, or are you thinking from the beginning and from the process? And I'm often shocked that uh, curators that studied art history think so messy and just say because it looks like photography, it has learned the language of photography, it is photography. Mm. And that is for me the, 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 main, the main problem First, to, to clean up that mess. And then the second is to talk about the things they have in common because they look the same. They will be very hard to um, differentiate by the end of the year because AI has seen so many photographs that it has learned the photographic language. But it doesn't need the medium of photography anymore. It is something in itself. Does it make sense for the photo world to put it into one basket or not? Shall we um, have a separate festival or museum of AI-generated uh, images? And what I see in the last weeks um, is that the debate has already had some results, that uh, photo competitions uh, change their guidelines, that they have opened up um, new categories for AI-generated uh, work and that most of them shy away of calling it AI photography. And I think this is a positive thing. Mm, yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. My my concern, um, the second article that I wrote, Tomas, was, was in regards to history, is that, you know, as a, as a person that's practicing analog photography and I I'm on a 20-year journey to capture a photograph of a thousand Native Americans in, in the process that I hold so dear. Um, I, I went out to AI and um, was able to create a historic-looking wet plate of a, a young lady, a young Native American lady that never existed. She never will exist. And um, and my, my concern there is, as, as someone who's, you know, have some of my work at museums is that you know, a hundred years from now, um, are, is someone, I, I brought her into life that she doesn't exist. Her tribe doesn't exist. Her, her heritage doesn't exist. She's nowhere to be found in the past, the present or the future. Um, will the future somehow become confused by this? They, they think that, oh, here's a, I found it online. This must be a, a Cheyenne girl. Um, and, and will she be coveted? Will she be celebrated? Will, Will she? Will, will you know a print be made of this girl that I made that does not exist? And will it be put on a, a wall of a museum somewhere? That's my problem. And the second problem was is that it re I realized to me is that 
if you think about it theoretically, eventually we may have more artificial images online than we do real images. And then what we're going to have is the problem of the AI training because AI right now chain, tra like trains in batches that, you know, looked at data from a couple of years ago or whatever it is. But at some point it's going to be plugged into present day and it's going to be trained in real time. And what you're going to have is you're going to have this regurgitation of information and imagery where an AI will start training on previously generated AI images. And then we have to ask ourselves, what in the hell do we have at this point? Um, and so as, as a, not as an historian, but as a person that's trying to capture some history here, um, these are all just uh, things that are up in the air and then they just, they just jump off the page to me and, mm -hmm. and it, it's, it's really worrisome. And, and as a person who talks to um, museums and curators, uh, they're already expressing their concerns in regards to this is that they have to figure out how to filter this information because obviously they're going to start getting, you know, they get digital scans all the time. Now, now are they going to be able to rest assured that that was not created by AI? I, I think, you know, I, I'm not sure. What, what, yeah. are your what are your thoughts? You know, listening to, to, to both of you now, I, I kind of start getting the feeling that the whole problematic is kind of getting split maybe into two, two categories. So we have uh, imagery uh, as, as a total, as a, you know, kind of pool of, of visual work, uh, you know, um, including both photography and AI-generated images, right? And but and this would be visual art or imagery or whatever you want to call call this 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 part. And I am talking here about a you know I'm imagining a person who wants a piece of visual art on the wall, uh, you know, to 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 decorate the space or simply to enjoy. Uh, don't you feel like in the future this could be one part where this distinction between you know human generated or ai generated will really get blurry because in the end it will be the the actual piece the the thing which i see in front of my eyes which is i like or i don't like right so i feel this would be one pool of pieces of 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 visual if we call it art is a different discussion but the second more problematic part of this whole uh, process now is of course like Boris is mentioning documentary work problems with uh, confirming if the any given image is representing the actual re reality or not and what are the mechanisms or guaranteeing right or, or of confirming exactly this fact that uh, that it is a real scene captured by by a camera you know light sensitive camera or is it a, is it a you know, scene, scene of President Trump being captured by police, which never existed, right? Don't you feel it can go somehow in those two directions? And then like museums, museums of photography or of art would also have to almost like, you know, start opening different departments or different, you know, rooms in, in, their, in their buildings? I think before we talk about art, let's talk about documentary part, because um, I think Shane and I will totally agree on this topic. Um, the uh, for me um, the future of photography uh, is not um, decided by photography itself. Yeah, it's AI that is going to decide what is left of photography. And uh, I see that um, uh, except documentary, all other parts of the photographic world of today can be taken over or enriched, augmented by AI. But if you talk about documentary, is really under attack from many different sides and with many different um, effects for society. And I see similar problems, uh, as Shane mentioned, yeah, that we at some point can't differ what has happened in the past, but also what is happening today. It's the disinformation potential um, mm -hmm. that has been growing exponentially. You have... It, it's made so easy to generate uh, fake images uh, that you don't need skill anymore. The AI is filling in whatever your lack of skills. And this has a, um, is a big threat for democracies, and, and I'm uh, really um, concerned about it. And uh, I see two problems. One thing is that the amount of AI-generated images is, is just much more than... Uh, the authentic images 
coming out from photojournalists. So how can I identify what is what? So we need to have a kind of fact check system in the media, in the news, that I can trust that this image is authentic and it has been proved to be authentic. And now you have like two things. One one side is the technical aspect, yeah, and how can we uh, come up with new technology that the metadata is not lost, that we can be sure that this is uh, photographed and not generated. And then you have a fact-checking level on the media side that is very time-intense and you need more staff, more money, and how are we going to finance this? Because the structure is not existing. Can we co-fund uh, the media and the press as a state, as citizens, without touching the freedom of press? That is something to be solved. And I also see colleagues working in photojournalism who are underpaid, who need to have a second job to be able to continue as photojournalists. And those second jobs are under attack because um, ad agencies and magazines um, are all trying to generate images themselves instead of giving these as jobs to photographers. So this is something which is problematic now in the future and also talking about images we think that are historic. Uh, Boris, you, you have worked with you know, both of those uh, uh, kind of files and media, you know, like AI-generated and photography. Um, on a very basic technological level today, we were wondering with Shane before the recording this, actually, uh, you have the EXIF data, right, baked into digital files. You know, it says which camera was used, which lens was used. Is it not a strong enough differentiator uh, indicator today already? Like, if you work with, uh, you know, MidJourney or one of those platforms, there is no such data in these files, right? Would it be the, the basic check already today? Or am I wrong, you know? Or... Well, um, I think what WordPress Photo uh, does um, ask for is, is raw files. That's also something... Um, that is uh, possible, yeah, but still you need people to check it. Um, but what about social media? Yeah, what about all the images I upload on Instagram and Facebook and whatever? Yeah, there is no metadata. Listen. Screen grab, screen grabs. I mean, you just. I mean, if you bake in, if you bake in one of these, and it was one of the things I was arguing for is that, and I think Google just had an article where they're in the future, their AI generators are going to bake in. Um, code behind the scenes to, to to identify these, but like Boris says, if if he shares it on Instagram, I can blow it up on my screen. I can grab the screen, and and that the information's lost there too. So I, I think it's only going to work to a certain extent. Um, I was accused a couple weeks ago of making an AI photograph, which was actually one of my own analog photographs. So um, I'm really good about keeping pictures, uh, iPhone photographs of me making my work. And I was able to show me standing next to the person that I was uh, that uh, that I was to make an AI yeah. photograph of. Pro the problem with uh, it's maybe even bigger with analog photography. Funnily enough, because there is you know it has to be scanned. Yep. We, there is no no exif data to to start with, right, in the files. Right. So it's even right. difficult to prove that it actually came from a from an analog camera. Yeah. So de definitely, technology has to be you know updated on on some you know levels here to to. And and some regulations most probably has have to come in into place, right? On on those highest levels when it comes to media, you know, outlets and so on. And we can't expect these 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 people that are making these AI generating uh, images. Um, we can't expect them to just all obey or listen to rules. I mean, you just can't say, you know, what's going to what's going to you know my example of one hundred seventy eight thousand photographs, AI photographs. I mean, these people. Uh, don't care. They're generating these images, and that you're not going to be able to force them to comply. And and by just by extreme numbers, um, they're just going to a wave of digital glut is going to wash across all of all of uh, photography. Mm -hmm. uh, Boris, I wanted to touch. Uh, if we is okay with switch gears, uh, uh, I want to touch on something else. You exactly. You 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 know. You work as a photographer, but you also work as a as an 
AI image artist. Uh, I want to talk about emotions as an artist behind, you know, uh, producing those two different kinds of images. When I take a photograph, you know, um, I'm excited in the field. I notice something. I capture it my way. I, I post-process it my way, right? Uh, but, you know, and then I and, uh, display the image to the public and put my name under it. Um, you can do, of course, the same today with the NI image. As you mentioned already in many interviews, it's, it's not one click. Very good images, uh, you know, prompt generated also require very often hours of, of labor, right? Of work in front of the computer. It's, you know, many prompts, combining the prompts. Okay, still, you, f you end up with your final image. Uh, and as I understand, you put your name under it. Is it correct? Yes. Now, the image has been computer generated, even if it's, you know, thousand steps, but it has been computer generated on, you know, under your command. Mm -hmm. what's happening? What are your emotional differences here when it comes to, you know, presenting your photograph and your AI image, if any? I don't have any emotional difference. I don't know why, because uh, I see many parallels in creating photographs and creating AI-generated images. Um, if I use um, in-painting and out-painting, it is like drawing. I started with pencil drawing. So you, you, you draw some lines and you, you don't know where you are going. And then you realize, oh, this is the wrong line. You take an eraser and you erase that certain part and try to do it better. This is exactly like in painting out. If I photograph, there is also, like you mentioned, an element of surprise, of chance. I have been photographing out in the Berlin night for 15 years, always going to the same place. And I never know what is going to happen. I have this element of surprise also mm -hmm. in um, working with AI. When you start uh, um, elaborating on a prompt, it you never know what you get out of it. But then you need to react to it. You, you need to improve and you try. And like yesterday and today, I had a breakthrough of finding a combination of things to create something I was really looking after, and it took me a week. <laughs> I was playing like a week with prompts and trying different things to to sort out um, how I get some. And this is also an excitement when when it happens. Yeah, when I solved it, it's like like a Sudoku, like a riddle, like a crossword. Yeah, you. you, you it, it's, it takes some effort to, to solve it. And the fact that uh, it was not reality in the first place that you were capturing. Careful. Is... <laughs> Careful. You, you are talking to somebody who studied six years of real, uh, reality, of philosophy. And I have been teaching uh, in Australia at a photography studies college, uh, photography as art. And I always started my class talking about reality <laughs> and then talking about like 10 different theories of reality mm. and just to to um, destroy this naive thinking that the machine we call camera is able to depict reality. Yeah? We all live in different realities and the only truth we have is a certain truthfulness if we have looked inside and became conscious about ourselves and how we look at the world, because we all look at the world differently. And this is what I love uh, going out with um, photographers and artist friends in Berlin when they visit an eye in town, just to go to the same place and to see how they look at this place that I often photograph how they interact with the place, what kind of images they, they are able to get out of it. And uh, if you have very good photographers and photo artists at the same place, they will all create different things. And this is what I, I want from photography. If somebody photographs what everybody can see, yeah, it's, it's a document, yeah, but for me, it's not art. If you get something out of this place that I haven't seen, but looking at your photo, I realize it was there. Then it is art. 
And um, what is your understanding of reality, Tomasz? No, absolutely. Actually, okay, it's a great point. But still, deep down, I know, or at least I... <laughs> let's not get into philosophy today. Then we are going for four into four hours, I think. No <laughs> problem with this. No, you know, uh, <laughs> at least I know it was me who was there at this place, and it was my eyes, my organ, you know, visual eyes who reacted to whatever it was, and it was my brain who processed it and my emotions, and it, the output, the final output is my image. The My brain decided when to move the finger and click the shutter, right? Uh, the AI imagery feeds of pre-existing images as i understand or you know information and uh there's a slight difference somewhere there right so slight difference uh, does it matter in what way and if does it matter to you as an as an artist as a creator um what i love about ai image generators is that that uh, unfiltered training material is a mirror of the human condition It's something like the collective unconscious, yeah, like Carl Gustav Jung tried to define it. And I like working with it. Uh, I find it fascinating. And it is not a collage. It is not copying something. And here I can, again, go back to philosophy. For me, it's something like Plato's idea. He said, if you have, if you look at tables, um, they all look different, different shapes. They are round, they are square, they are from wood or metal, one leg, two legs, three legs. And uh, there is a timeless idea of a table, which is a plate where you can work on and something below that is holding it. And the AI has understood the idea of a table and the idea of everything else that was in the training material. And my prompt is then generating a specific table, which is wood and four legs and painted green. Um, this is something which I find very fascinating. I'm working out of my imagination. The more I know, the more experience I have, um, the better results I'm going to get. AI is a technology where I have an advantage being older because I had 30 years time to and if you look at text prompting um, I see 11 elements of a text prompt and nine of them are directly related to my experience as somebody who has been doing images for 30 years um, that the material has been collected online without asking the makers is something that needs to be changed Yeah, I totally support uh, all initiatives that say we need to have a constant um, transparency where the material comes from and an opt-in, opt-out uh, version for uh, creatives to get their image out of the training material. And if you look at stable diffusion, it's all happening already. But again, if you talk about copyright, The problem is not the training material. Everybody is talking about the training material. This is 25% of the problem and is it's going to be solved by next year. What I see the main problem is, is that the single user is encouraged to generate images by using existing images through uploads through different presets. Nobody controls where those images are coming from. And 75% of the copyright um, um, problems are here. And another thing to make it more complex, um, and I have done this with Ansel Adams many times, you don't need to have Ansel Adams in the training material to generate an image that looks like Ansel Adams. If you can uh, describe uh, the aesthetic quality of an Ansel Adams picture in words, you can generate it. And you just go to ChatGPT and you say, this is uh, one of the main images uh, of Ansel Adams. Can you describe me the main uh, aesthetic quality? And the result you get 
you simply turn into a text prompt. There is no need to mention Ansel Adams anymore. And you can generate a picture of a German island that looks like an Ansel Adams photo. That means if you have a, a handwriting, a style, a personal aesthetic as a photographer, artist whatsoever, there's nothing you can do. If you can describe it in words, it doesn't matter if you're in the training material and people need to realize this. Shane? Well, I was... Yeah, um, I, I think, you know, if we talk about the problem with the training data, this could have been, if they wouldn't have taken the shortcut, they could have solved this problem and not not even had this problem at all. If they would have just, you know, these AI companies would have just asked for people to submit their data. They could have paid them five cents of image or whatever it is. But I'm sure there have been plenty of people to submit images um, with approval, and then they could have trained on that. But they, they just wanted to scour the internet and, and just take all this stuff from all these in all, all these uh, these photographers and these artists. I mean, you're not just talking about modern day people. You're talking about the Renaissance painters. You're talking about every kind of visual art. Um, you know, Michelangelo is in there. And I went out to one of these uh, one of these uh, sites, and there was a site where you could search, and I was able to find 30 of my Native American uh, wet plates were actually used in the training data, and um, it wasn't. You know, it's this opt out, and and there was a was a recent article where. An artist asked to be opt out, and he received a thousand dollar bill in the mail um, to have his work uh, expunged from from the the training data. But the, the fact is, go ahead, Boris. Um, it's it's a bit more complex. Um, okay. uh, everybody is talking about the stable diffusion and uh, Lion, yeah, who is the nonprofit organization that was collecting um, all the data. And everybody is talking about Lion because all the others, Google and OpenAI and Microsoft, don't disclose where they got their training material from. Mm. And if you go back to the history of Lion, they come from Hamburg. Um, there's a very good article on Bloomberg.com. It was founded by a school teacher like two years ago, um, talking to, to others on Discord when they realized that um, it started and all the power of the, the material was lying in the hands of big companies. So Lion was basically a non-profit organization that started very idealistically, idealistically to have um, to create something that doesn't allow um, the big companies to do whatever they want and to create any bias they want. So they decided to go open source and to collect this training material by themselves. It was voluntary work. And later, Stability AI, the boss approached them and said, you have the material I would like to use and you need computing power. What about a deal? And first they thought, he's crazy, just go away. And later they said, okay, let's make this kind of like a win-win situation. And um, the the guy who started it all, the school teacher, he's still a school teacher. Yeah? He is still doing it um, out of an uh, ethical approach for him, refusing any better paid jobs that he was offered meanwhile, just to keep it clean. So if you take a closer look, it's complex who is good, who is bad, and um, everybody is attacking them because they say, we believe in open source, you can look at it, and have I been trained, Yeah, that's the platform you have been talking about, mm -hmm. um, is now turned to something where you can basically have an opt-in, opt-out version and it's getting into a different direction. We don't know what OpenAI and Microsoft have in their training data, how many of your images, Shane, are in their training data. We don't know what Google is using. If they also use Lion uh, material from Hamburg, um, it's complex. It's really complex. The longer I, I, um, I'm working with the material, the more I read, the more I realize um, it's everything's gray there. It's not just black and white. 
again, I'm listening and I have also, I have a question, Shane, it's actually to you. Like, um, I'm trying to pinpoint this, you know, again, emotional responses, you know, of, of us maybe not being happy with with our photographs being, you know, in in, in present into databases and so on. If I visit your exhibition, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say, um, I mean, you are producing amazing work. I'm impressed. I visit your exhibition, you know, several times, you know, I have your books. Uh, and I get into, you know, under your influence of your work, I get into producing wet plates, you know, of, of Native Americans. And you see them one day and they are really close to what you are actually producing. But, you know, it's different people on the, on, on the, on the, on my images. Are you running a, you know, a copyright strike against me? Or how does it work these days? Like, how would you feel? And what's the difference here? Well, um, as a unique artist and, and someone who's actually, um, you know, having these people into my studio, I, I don't, I don't, you know, if we're talking about the Native Americans, there, there are other people that are doing wet plates of Native Americans um, that have followed me. And I, I, I applaud that because um, we need all the help we can get because the, 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 these particular people are here for only so, um, you know, um, some of the things that have happened to them. So um, I, I, you can't, no matter how someone tries, they can't actually make my work. I mean, I use a specific lens and they could even be, you know, using my lens, I suppose. So they, they could still use the same kind of camera. They're using the same chemistry. Um, I just don't... I'm unique the way that I do things and um you know I, I don't have I don't have a problem with another artist other human artist um having their hand in in a, a, a certain genre of photography I mean I'm not the first one to take photographs of Native Americans for God's sakes I mean Edward Curtis was taking photographs back in the early 1900s so um I don't and, and I don't think people confuse my work with his so um you know when you bring that human uh, component and it, it becomes rather unique I, I you know this homogenized um you know having the ai uh take from all these different sources and then come br bringing something together and and um having an output um that's where I, I see a lot of the same things coming out of it um i see a lot of the same kind of imagery coming and, out mm -hmm. um because but but then again um you know like boris if you use the even you know he knows very well that if he uses the same prompts he's never going to get the same thing twice so there's um it's it like boris is saying it's very complicated but um mm -hmm. yes but, but, but but do you feel then you know endangered as a as a photographer doing what you do you know seeing those ai generated things does it kind of um you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with AI at all. I, I, I think it's its own genre. I, I don't have any problem. You know, I, I've been trying to, um, you know, think about the idea of this as being called art. And I, I'm writing a third article about should we call AI art? And and um, obviously we, we need to call it art, right? I mean, people have taped, duct taped bananas on walls and, and they, they're, they're, you know, they're called art. People have, you know, submitted toilets to art exhibits and, and they were um, debated whether or not that was art. Um, these are these are complicated things so i i've never been never wanted to be in the position where i'm like some gatekeeper on what is art and what is not i'm just wondering if the prompter and maybe boris can address this i'm just wondering if the the person doing the prompting is actually the artist if they're not just the initiator of the art and are, are we willing to assign the ownership uh of this of this work to the ai like is the ai the artist and and maybe the prompter is some other character in this in this, this scheme of creating imagery i i'm not sure i mean that's where i'm uh you know boris and i spoke earlier this morning yeah. by a text and i i posed that to him is like um is the prompter the artist or is the ai the artist and if the ai is the artist or the the ai generating company if they own the the right to this output um are we willing to give this um you know this would be the first time in history that we would be giving ownership to a computer well, again, it's complex, um, and um, I see four different possibilities uh, if we talk about the balance of creativity between man and machine here. Um, if you um, have worked for a longer time with those platforms and you identify the strengths, you jump from one platform to the next, yeah, and you have a workflow that is more complex. Um, 
then there are many artistic decisions you make on the go. You are the director and you decide um, what you would like to have. And it's not just click and generate. It can take time. And then it's clearly a tool, like it is for me. And then the creativity um, is on my side strongly. And the AI is just uh, helping, is an assistant here of getting me where I would like to, to go. Um, if you have worked for it for some time, but not so long, and you have an idea of how it works, then uh, the balance is more like this, and mm. you are having a lead. Um, if you have no idea of like image making, photography, and whatsoever, and you just type in Trump gets arrested, it's like one out of 11 text prompt elements. Then all the other 10 elements are decided by the AI. Yeah. Then the AI has delete yeah and you are dragged along and that is something um, which we see all around in the future you had um, people with no education and skills trying to create images that didn't look good that was like the, the, the bottom and then you had the professionals up here and uh, this is going to change like the 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 the, the untalented unskilled what so ever uh, image makers are now pushed up mm. um, by the help of AI and are very close to the professionals. And this is why the professionals are suddenly scared yeah, and think, can I be replaced? What they are missing out on realizing is that if they use AI, they can also get a little bit higher. The difference might not be as big as it was in the past, mm. but it does make a difference. And what most people think of if they have no idea how those machines work is that the AI is totally autonomous, yeah, like, like an artistic genius and can make all those decisions on the way, not just like for one image generation, but for a complex workflow, like I have been describing it. Um, it might happen one day. It's not existing yet. I'm curious to see what the outcome will be. Um, and uh, that is the difference in creativity. What are we talking about? And most people don't differentiate. And then the second thing is if we, call, if we talk about art. Uh, I, I, I've studied semesters of, of aesthetics and the definition of art. Um, for hundred years now, like since Duchamp put in that urinal in New York at the exhibition, anything can be art just by declaring it. But is it powerful art? Does it touch me? My definition of art is um, totally different than the mainstream that is asking, what does the artist want to tell me? I think it's much better that you look at an artwork and um, you ask yourself, what does the artwork trigger in me? What emotions, memories, ideas? Am I attracted? Uh, am I appalled? Why? So a good artwork for me is um, um, invitation to an inner journey. And this is also why I don't explain my, my works. And um, I think it can happen also with an image that is generated by a machine? We will see. But I don't feel threatened that somebody is going to replace me. I have lived like 53 years on this planet and had certain experiences and interests that I put in the making of my images. And um, I'm, I'm a person. Yeah, a machine is a machine. Yeah, it has no personality yet. Yeah, Boris, I, I'm look. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm looking at the electrician. Mm. Uh, I I understand. Oh, 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 other way around. Um, this particular image uh, did it start with a clear vision in your mind? You had a clear idea what you wanna, you know, achieve. It started with a text prompt of the two ladies. And then it was 20 steps in painting, out painting, and was always changing. 
like I do in photography. <laughs> when I do like stage photography, I have a place, I have a person, I have an idea, but the process is open. It can lead to whatever. And the best photographs are those I could have not imagined in the beginning. So, uh, so you didn't have a very particular kind of, you know, visual idea of how the final image would you want to look like? Or, or was it that, 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 that would be boring, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, there are different kinds of different kinds of photographers, I would say. I, I talk to many who are, who have, you know, work with a very precisely, you know, defined visions of what they want to achieve during the process. I don't know. Sh Shane, how is it with you? Can we, can we talk, Boris, a little bit about our little uh, challenge? I did an AI challenge earlier this week, Tomas, where this image over my right shoulder here is called waning, and it's it's nothing more than a female with a um, a prop moon face on that my prop master made for me, and and I, I you know I had a good idea of what uh, I was going to be doing, and and so I thought okay well, well let's let's ask the AI artist to um, if this was their idea like um, like you're describing Tomas when I create I have an idea of what I'm going to create I, I have a it's in my mind and I chase it and I chase it and I chase it and I chase it until I get what I wanted. And then it's just the way that I create and I'm a simpleton, but understand that. So, um, but so I put, posed the challenge out there to Boris and, and anyone else with AI. Um, and, and, and anyone goes to my Facebook page, they can see this challenge and the resulting images. And I, and I, uh, I, uh, propose that take AI. And if this was your idea, if this was you were trying to get to try to render that, like try to tell the AI, I was trying to find out how much control um, which I don't know, I'm naive and I'm always willing to be wrong with all these things, but I'm just asking questions. Um, and the, the point of the whole thing was how much control do the, do these prompters have over the AI? And, and some people spent five minutes on this task. Some people spent hours on this task and people tried to get back to this image. If this was their idea to my image. And, um, we got some really interesting results. Boris even had some of his college students um, actually weigh in and, and it was an assignment that he gave them. And, and the, the results that came back were just uh, astounding. Some of them were rather very beautiful and, and some of them were disturbing. Um, I, I tried myself just one attempt with five words and I, I shared it with Boris and he told me, he, he quickly told me, well, these 11, there's 11 keys or something that I'm not aware of, Boris. He said, you only use two of yeah. the 11 or something like this. And I'm like, I have yeah, no so idea what he's talking about. I can about. tell you more about it. <laughs> so, but the, the interesting part was, is that n nobody could really get to that. Like, not, not, I, wasn't, not I, I wasn't even saying exactly. Did, 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 Boris, you saw the results, right? What were you, what's your, I mean, I'd really like to have your opinion on the results, the resulting images. Um, well, I haven't had the time to try it out myself, uh, but I, I saw the main problem that um, the AI couldn't figure out that there is a female body and this moon head. Yeah, that was um, something that um, needed to be prompted differently. Um, I think there would have been a solution, but uh, yeah. That, that that's something I saw in most of the results as a problem that was unsolved. Um, but uh, we can I can give you examples. Like if you say you want to have like a woman with a, a head of a moon, that would be the subject, and that subject can be described more detailed. Is it uh, an antique goddess? Is it a carnival? Yeah, what what are we talking about? And what is the format of the image you would like to generate? Is this a photograph, a drawing, a painting? And then what kind of photograph? Yeah. Is it a wet plate? Is it a Polaroid? And um, if you talk about the technology, there are so many aspects that you can just use, the, the camera type, the lens, the shutter speed. Is it film? Is it digital? Um, what is the quality of the image? Uh, it will be rendered most of the time in 1024 pixels, but does it look like it could be 8K? Or is it glitchy? Or does it look like it's a, a game engine render? Um, what about the composition? What is in the foreground, middle ground, background? What is the position of the camera? 
is that camera looking down onto that person or is it from the side? What about the light? What about the colors? Um, what about the references? And for me, references is more than style. It's not just like the saying it's, it's shot by Shane Volkovich, but you can say it looks like it's 1970s, 1920s. It's a certain kind of school. It's a certain kind of platform. It's, it's an, it's an, uh, art, um, form. Um, these, uh, uh, are all, uh, elements you can use in that prompt. And what about a genre? It makes a difference if you have a, a portrait of, of a woman with a moon's head photographed as a portrait, as, as an art photo, as an advertisement, uh, or documentary. Then we are in carnival again. Yeah. So, um, all these different, uh, aspects can be used in the prompt. And then you need to figure out uh, the influence, how it works. With most of the platforms, you can do weights. That means if there is something in the text prompt that is underrepresented, you just make it more important. And things that are overrepresented, you just uh, dim them down a bit. Um, you can combine certain... Um, prompts with others that would be I describe um, what I would like to have on the picture and then I say okay I want to have a grotesque theme I want to have a symbolic theme I want to have a surrealist theme um, the the options to work with text uh, just describing the picture are many but for me the most interesting part is happening when you start to get out of that conventions and when you start to play with language, to play with text, to describe things that are impossible uh, to imagine. But mm. you will always get an image. <laughs> and you don't know what kind of image you will get until you try. It, it should be noted, Tomas, when I did my ignorant uh, text prompting to, to try to mimic this and just this again, one attempt, five words, it was like half moon, woman, masks kind of thing. Um, the AI appeared to take moon as a, a woman's naked bottom. And that's <laughs> that, and that's what it returned okay. to me. I, I was about to say my prompting skills, I think, are on this level that we would end up with a with a man with a you know head of a son or something like that. There's levels to this game, and Boris uh, <laughs> Boris could educate us very uh, yeah very well. Uh, Boris, Lane, uh, we are we are heading direction one hour. I think slowly we're wrapping up. You know, we are definitely in, in you know living in, in in exciting times, right? When it comes to to you know art making, image making, and so on. Uh, I, I would like to wrap up with uh, kind of your, um, you know, one, two sentences uh, um, description of, of, of your feeling today of, of, you know, thinking about the next decade. Let's put the horizon, the, you know, the limit there. Let's, let's talk next 10 years. Are you feeling, you know, what's your, how would you describe your feeling as an artist, as an image maker? We are slightly, you know, all of us in, in different fields. What's your feeling? How would you describe it? Thinking about the next 10 years. Shane? <laughs> um, this AI thing freaks me out. Uh, I've done a deep dive into AI and the concerns about AI. And you um, you listen to the Lex Friedman podcast or you listen to Sam Harris and you listen to some of these. I'm only addressing the concerns of AI in regards to image making because I think that that's where I have some expertise. Um, the real concern about AI, and I don't, you know, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there right now, is that there's some debating that the AI artificial intelligence will be the the death of all humanity. That's to say there will at some point this technology may remove every human on earth. Now, I notice some of your listeners and some of the listeners may think of that's that's um, not uh, that seems science fiction. But if you do a deep dive and you start asking the right people, and these are the most intelligent people uh, that we have on the planet, some of them that are saying that this is this can get very, very ugly very quickly for humans. So um, you know, the, the, it was just my introduction, this thing about, oh, this isn't photography. And yeah, I do have a little bit of say, and I have a little bit of knowledge about photography. And I've, I don't have Boris's expertise. I mean, I've only been doing photographs for 11 years, but um, it's, 
I would entice people to look a little bit deeper because this isn't just about image making. Um, it's, it's something much deeper. So I, I would just like to maybe get that message across that this is, this goes far deeper than just what, what it is us making images. This, the, the idea that the big issue with AI is this, this digital media thing. It's, it's really not the real big issue, but it's just one of the issues that we're starting to focus on. And, and as artists, you know, and photographers, it, it makes sense for me. This is, this is the ground level to start on, but it, it gets much more, um, much more uh, complex and um, difficult for humanity as we move forward. Boris, where, where do you stand on this? Well, I agree to some extent, Shane. I think this is a, a huge uh, industrial revolution, yeah? like uh, electricity and the internet. It will be in all parts of our lives and most jobs. Yeah, There will be an AI-fication uh, of our world and lives. And um, like all the tools we have invented, yeah, we can use it for good. We can use it for bad. Yeah, it's uh, like a knife. You can use it for cooking and for killing. The thing that I can't uh, judge about: uh, can this become autonomous? Can this knife get legs and jump off the table? I don't know. Um, I can't make predictions into one year yeah, or half a year. What I have realized uh, since last summer is that I was surprised so many times by things that just happened that I could have not foreseen. In August, it was kind of a big bang and I was aware of all the things that were happening. But since then, it's like accelerating. 360 degrees and and uh, speeding up constantly that even I don't even know what, what's happening. Yeah, All the new possibilities, it's just too much. And uh, I know by the end of the year, many things will have happened that I can't predict, that I can't foresee, that I'm be very surprised about as an artist. Again, I really love the possibilities and I'm going to explore them further. As a citizen, uh, I share Shane's concern. Yeah, totally. I, and Boris and I do agree on one thing, Tomas, and we've had this conversation is that, you know, people make fun of AI because the fingers, it's not getting fingers right or there's quirky little things. Even in the electrician, if you look at it really closely, and it's amazing to me that that got past those judges, Boris, I just I just it's have to throw old. It's seven months old. I know. I know. <laughs> but a year ago, Tomas, we couldn't, you know, you, yeah, you see yeah, an AI absolutely. image and you were like, well, that's junk, yeah. right? Um, uh, Boris and I have agreed that, I mean, this is improving exponentially. We need to understand that exponentially. Okay. By, we agree that by the end of the year, Boris and I, we have, and, and he, maybe not a fear for him, but it's a fear for me because I don't want to speak for him, but we have a fear or I have a fear that by the end of the year, even the trained photography eye will not be able to disertain reality from, and again, I understand his points about reality, but from a real photograph from an AI. So when we get to that point, and, and he, he, he agrees with me on this timeline, by the end of the year, the fingers thing is going to be fixed. And uh, you're going to look at it and you're going to go, I have no idea. I have no idea is this, was, was this, this person ever here or this landscape ever here or this tree ever here or this vase ever here? We, we won't by the end of the year. And that's not, that's a short time frame. And we just have to extrapolate the, this fact that because just a year ago, no AI images were believable. And they're believable today, Boris. I mean, they're absolutely yeah. believable to everyone. So I think that's an important fact. And uh, Boris, I just, I, I appreciate you as an artist and, and, uh, I just wanted to tell you that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I share kind of, you know, there are parts and bits and uh, we are uh, on this on the same side here. I mean, I, on, on this global human, you know, scale, uh, it's impossible to make any predictions. And, you know, uh, I just hope it doesn't get into any uh, malicious, you know, directions and that we as humans, I, I'm a believer, you know, in a human race, you know, with all the bad things happening and uh, we have been here on this planet for, for you know, thousands of years and we are still here so i hope you know 
in this regard, we will be still here in the next couple of thousands of years, you know. And as image makers, you know, uh, I am actually, we, we talked with Shane briefly before re starting recording. Um, I'm also excited. I, I mean, I played with, with this, with AI a little, little bit myself. It's, we can count, you know, the hours on the fingers of both hands. That's it, you know. So I, I saw, and I, but I, of course, follow everything with the development. So, so it's crazy. It's just uh, <laughs> insane and, and fascinating. But I somehow feel that with the progression of the AI, in, in I'm talking about image making now, of course, some regulations have to come in place and so on that we can, you know, know what we are looking at. But I have the feeling the human-made images, and maybe we, we need a stamp, right? <laughs> human-made. Will, if then only increase in value, you know, uh, when when talking about a certain level of, of you know, um, image image making you know and a visual art uh, and those will somehow work in parallel i think you know but i think what you shane or you boris as a photographer or me as a photographer i, I just love walk, still walking with an old-fashioned camera around i think it will have its value and if not even you know this value of those pieces will will uh, will go up what do you think human made well, but, but if I work with AI, is it not human make made? Yeah, AI as a technology has been invented by humans. The training material is human. The prompter is human. Do you still photograph, like with light? Yes. Yeah, but I don't see any any kind of need why I should do one thing only. And um, I also start mixing it. Yeah, you can. Mm -hmm. uh, if I would have more time, yeah, I can use my whole archive and train my own model. Fascinating. Yeah. Thank you both so much. Uh, really fascinating. You know, these days, this kind of discussions can, can, can go forever, I can imagine. All of you watching, you know, uh, or listening, join the conversation in the comments. I can only imagine the amount. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Shane. Thank you, Boris. Thank you so much. You know, uh, all the best with whatever you are pursuing in your, you know, artistic endeavors <laughs> and directions. Thank you so much. Appreciate you taking the time today, Tomas. And thank you, Boris, for agreeing to do this. Yeah. Thanks for the invitation. You too. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.